Welcome, Alpha Seekers. Uh, seek and ye shall find, uh, so says the good book, but boy, you'd have trouble finding any Alpha today. Unless, of course, you were short. Or if you bought some puts, like we, uh, we preached, but we didn't practice. So today's a good object lesson in how puts work, okay? So first of all, as we always do here on the Alpha's Next Podcast, we review the markets. Uh, and boy, it was ugly today. All these day traders who were saying that everything always goes up got a great education today because it doesn't always go up. Sometimes it goes down, and it goes down on an elevator. <clears throat> it takes the stairs up and the elevator down. So today, uh, the Dow Jones average uh, fell by almost 7%, which is a huge move. You know, anything over 1% is like, you know, DEFCON, uh, DEFCON 3, 2, 1. This was a DEFCON 1 kind of day for those of you who follow military uh, nomenclature. Uh, S&P down 6%. NASDAQ down 5%. And our friend the VIX, which is the volatility index, uh, went screaming up by almost 50%. So let me just explain to you what would have happened if you had gone out and bought puts as we had advised. Let's say that uh, you bought a 3,000 put and the market was up at the 3200 or whatever it was. Well, first of all, your put is right at the money now, whereas it was 200 points out of the money before. And the closer your put strike price gets to the actual close of the S&P, the more your put is worth. Secondly, because of the volatility spike, the... Uh, the premium in that option, the time value of it, the implied volatility, would also have gone up by 50%. So your put would be worth a heck of a lot more today than it was when you bought it yesterday or last week. Uh, so that was a very, very smart trade. Now today, what you could do is leave it in place if you think the market's going to go down from there which I kind of don't, or you could sell that put to somebody who wants to buy it now that they're scared for a profit. So it's kind of like you bought a life insurance policy and now you want to sell it and there's people who will buy it. So that's a, a decent analog to, to how you should think about puts, okay? So uh, hopefully that's a great teaching moment. Uh, for why you want to buy puts when everybody says how stupid you are for buying them. Because when the market's going up, everybody relaxes and everybody stops buying insurance. When the market starts coming down, people say, oh my God, I got to buy insurance. And it's like buying fire insurance during the great Chicago fire. Uh, they're going to charge you a lot more because they expect to lose the premium and then some. So uh, so that is our little lesson today on, on put buying. 
Buy them, buy protection when you don't think you need it, not when you know you need it, because you'll get a lot better price. And, you know, if you buy the put and you don't cash it in, it's like buying life insurance, you know. The day after you buy life insurance, you're not hoping you'll cash in on it. You know, you're hoping that you won't, because then that means you're still alive. So, uh, so that's that. <clears throat> All right, now... Let's uh, move on a little bit. I'm going to talk about uh, what we heard today on CNBC. And again, I watch CNBC and Bloomberg all day so that you don't have to. Um, I think we did talk about yesterday DocuSign and, uh, and that Taubman. And I did not check the prices on that. But those are, those are two that were recommended yesterday. Um, I didn't check the prices today. Um, another one that was recommended is CERS, which is a biotech. And they do uh, something to do with uh, some of these serum therapies that are used in, uh, in fighting COVID. So that may be a good one. Another one is symbol SYK. Um... Uh, Let's take a look and see what that is. Let's see. SYK is Stryker. Now, there was an interview with Stryker. Stryker is a very well-known uh, medical device manufacturer. And uh, the reason that I put them in the bull column is they have been huge on diversity and inclusion. And you've seen a whole parade of CEOs brought before the cameras to be held accountable for their commitment to diversity and inclusion. And Stryker really had a good answer for that. I think half of the board members are people of color and female, and he just really knocked it out of the park. And uh, you could also tell that he was sincere about it. So I think that's a good position to have at this juncture. So, Stryker's also just a great company all around. And they've managed to get around the COVID thing by enabling their salespeople who actually go into the operating room and help surgeons, which is, you know, depending on how you view the world, that's a little scary. But, you know, the, the sales reps know how to use the, the surgical equipment better than the surgeon sometimes if it's a new product. So, they're there riding shotgun. Um and they've learned to do that without being in the operating room. So they obviously are, are versatile and resourceful and can pivot with, with changes. Uh, Amazon got a sell recommendation today on Fast Money, or yesterday that actually was, because uh, based on valuation, uh, and this was Joe Terranova, who I, I've learned to respect over the years of watching him, so... He lightened up yesterday, and boy, today he was a happy fellow. Um, and NDX, which is, I think that's just the NASDAQ in general. That was something, too, that Joe lightened up on, and boy, his timing couldn't have been better. Um, Lily, bullish recommendation, that's today, and Regeneron as well. These are two uh, pharmaceutical companies. With Lilly is a big company, but it has a biotech component. But 
there was some good news today about coronavirus for both of those companies. So I think I think Regeneron was actually up today, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, and let's see. Another company, LMNX, which is Luminex, I believe. Uh, that got a bullish wreck based on, again, COVID uh, biotech news. So uh, those are things we're going to be looking at for our uh, Alpha's Next Biotech Alpha Fund. Or Ventures Next, I'm sorry. So uh, another company, uh, ZS, symbol ZS. And what that is is a cloud security company. So that was uh, a bullish recommendation. I think that was a Kramer recommendation, if I'm not mistaken. So now let's talk about uh, Ventures Next. So we actually did something today. Uh, we do a lot of talking, and we don't do as much trading. But today we did do some trading, and uh, we put our money where our mouth is on the XBI, which is the biotech uh, ETF, uh, and that's a spider sector fund, actually. So uh, what we did was we got long on it, but we did it with options, you know, because the volatility was screaming today, you get a lot more premium when you sell puts, as we just discussed. So instead of going long XBI, we started to use the power of the leverage that options give you, and we sold a 20 lot of uh, XBI puts. And we did that, uh, that, that, that uh, ETF is trading at about 102, at least it was when we did the trade, maybe a little lower obviously now. Um, and I think what we did was sell the 95-90 put spread. So that means we sell the 95 puts, uh, and I think that was at about 3 bucks when we did it, and we bought the 90 puts. And so that gives us a $5 wide spread. So the worst we can do is lose 5 bucks on every uh, contract that we sold. And if, if that happens, we get into XBI at 95, and we're comfortable with that level. Uh, we think that's a good, good level to get long on it, but rather than actually investing all that uh, money, uh, because that would be uh, 2,000 shares, which you can do the math, 2,000 times 100 is uh, like $200,000, I think. So we don't have that kind of money. <laughs> what are you talking about? So, but now by selling that put spread, we have as much exposure to that uh, position as we would if we actually put down two hundred thousand. So, uh, so that's what we did, and that's the kind of thing we plan on doing with this uh, with this Alpha Alpha's next biotech fund, and we'll keep you posted on how that goes. Um, I think it's a solid trade. We got a good price for selling the protection because the VIX was up so high today. I think it's a good level, and our expiration is out in July. So the only thing that has to happen for us to make all the money we sold uh, the options for, net of the, net of the other leg, is for the XBI not to be at uh, 95 or lower than 95 come 
the third Thursday in July. So uh, I feel pretty good about that. Um, we had a lot of people on the uh, the cable news business networks talking about health care, including J.P. Morgan Investments. Uh, so big money likes this sector. I think there's a very powerful bid under this sector. A lot of people want overweight exposure to this sector, and all that provides some very solid support. Now, that's not necessarily an alpha trade because no matter what happens, when you've got that broad of an index, XBI, it's probably not going to go up by 50%. You know, it could go up by 10% by the end of the year, maybe more, but you're not going to get 10x. It's not going to go up to 1,000. So that's kind of our base position. And then what we're going to do is analyze each of the stocks that's in that index. And we will be placing uh, amplifying bets on individual shares to the extent that we have a hunch that could lead to a bunch of dollars. And we're also going to apply our proprietary algorithm to select uh, the issues that appear to have the best chance of really breaking out by being acquired or discovering a cure for COVID or whatever. So, uh, so that's our, our method. That's our purpose. And, uh, we'll keep you posted on how it goes. Uh, yeah, we did the 20 line of the 95.90 puts in July. So, so that's what we did. Um, what else do we talk about? The second wave of the virus, unfortunately, is picking up. Uh, it's accelerating, which is no surprise. Uh, you know, that COVIDian exemption for protesters doesn't seem to have been honored by the virus. So that's part of it. The other part of it is, you know, aggressive openings in the southern and western states. So it's like regardless of your politics, <laughs> the virus takes its vengeance upon those who make poor decisions. So uh, there it goes. Now one thing we did put out on the, uh, on the website, or rather I should say the LinkedIn page, gentleman named Tom Rogers, who was present at creation when the uh, Congress decided that the media were too concentrated and you needed to open it up to more voices. And that resulted in the cable news networks that we now know as Fox and MSNBC and like that, CNN, that have made uh, America what it is today. Um, he was there at the congressional staff level when all these things were put in place. And uh, I don't know that he was there when Section 230 of the, uh, of the FCC or whatever it is, code, was enacted, but there's this Section 230 that people talk about, which is what uh, the president threatened, which gives platforms like Facebook the immunity... Uh, they need to let each of us now be our own cable news station. Uh, and it lets our friends in Russia and China and Iran 
put out all their fake news, agitprop, etc. And that has, again, made America what it is today. Well, Tom has uh, seen what hath been wrought by that and decided that uh, the solution to the problems that the last solution created is to put in place a uh, arbitration board that will uh, review things that are reported that are uh, not true or that are inflammatory. And uh, it's a typical arbitrator where both sides of the uh, fence represented by God, you know, whether it's... uh, whether it's the political parties or whatever, appoint their own arbitrator, and then the two arbitrators agree on a third one to break the inevitable tie. And if you get dinged three times by that panel, uh, you're off the air. Now, of course, those of us who know the Internet know that it's so easy to set up another Twitter account or Facebook account or whatever that this will be sort of a meaningless uh, thing. But... The other part of that is going to have to be a genuine, verifiable identity. And that can be done. At least you can minimize the risk exposure of having somebody misrepresent themselves. So uh, there are a couple of companies I'm working with that are uh, endeavoring to get at that. And uh, we'll see where that goes. But... uh, Read that, and if you don't want to go on our LinkedIn page, it's an op-ed on cnbc.com, which is very easily accessible. Look for Tom Rogers, op-ed, cnbc.com, and you can read that. But I think the other way you can do that, of course, is to make these things subscription services and wean them off of advertising. You know, Facebook makes about $35 a user, so if they just charged you a $35 subscription then they could at least weed out the people uh, who are uh, creating hundreds and thousands of false accounts. And they wouldn't have any advertising revenue to worry about, so they wouldn't care whether content was engaging emotionally or not, and you could get a lot of this clickbait, controversy-stirring behavior off of Facebook would make it very easy for them to discipline people and, uh, you know, just purge anything that is inflammatory. Or even that's political. You could just ban politics. So uh, I certainly think that would be a very uh, reasonable thing to at least take a look at. So um, Yesterday we talked a little bit about it's good to be the Fed, and one of the things I left off was the fact that the Fed is going to control the yield curve, so they say. Now, for those of you who don't know what the yield curve is, it's the spread between the 10-year and the 2-year Treasury. Um, And typically when that inverts, in other words, uh, when, when the usual relationship between those two is in is reversed that's a that's a signal of a recession so if you control that yield curve and you don't allow it to respond to market conditions essentially you're taking away that signal so it's like kind of cheating on a test and uh he also said zero rates till hell freezes over uh 
you know, he sent the strong message that direct fiscal help is needed, which means that the federal government needs to spend through Treasury uh, in appropriations versus lend through the feds. Now, what I think the implications of that are is that everybody's just Biden time for Biden. Uh, he has also appointed Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, AOC, as a uh, lead on one of the task forces he has to develop policies. Well, what that means is Green New Deal, universal basic income, reparations, uh, Medicare for all, and uh Perhaps not even restricting these benefits to citizens, but rather extending them to people who have green cards and, and what have you, or are undocumented. So, whether you agree with that or not is neither here nor there. Uh, you know, the virus doesn't have much of a social conscience, and neither does the market. So if you're looking at it as an investor, what you have to say is that's very stimulative. I mean, if you push more money out to people who spend it and don't really save it or invest it because they live from paycheck to paycheck, you're going to see a big boost in demand. So uh, could that be inflationary? Possibly. Uh, could uh, that be exacerbated by if, if, if the next administration uh, keeps up the, the repatriation, the onshoring vis-a-vis China? That would probably be the biggest inflationary move you could get. And, of course, the Fed likes inflation within reason. The Fed tries to keep inflation at 2%. That's important because if there's no inflation, or worse yet, if there's deflation, then people just wait to buy until things get cheaper. At least that's what economists think they do. You and I know that's probably not the case. We buy things for non-rational reasons, and very few people think like an economist, maximizing everything. So, uh, But in theory, deflation is bad, and it also, you know, inflation makes it easier on debtors because you're paying with dollars that are worth less than they were when you borrowed them. So it's bad for lenders and good for borrowers. And uh, that tends to be stimulative, too, because you're able to pay back your loans with dollars that aren't worth as much as the ones you borrowed. So uh, so that's one. Of the, those are a couple of reasons why the Fed kind of likes a little inflation. Um, but a lot of people are scared of too much inflation, including the Fed. So... Uh, there is the instinct of people to get into gold or Bitcoin or whatever as an inflation hedge or property. I don't think we're there yet. Um, I, don't, I don't worry about inflation. I worry about many things, but not that. Yesterday, uh, the advanced decline number was a 1 to 5 ratio, meaning only one stock went up for every five that went down. That was a bad sign. Today, everything went down, as far as I know, so... And yesterday we had a, a rotation back to tech, which we also had today even more so. Uh, Boeing went down a ton. You know, it's like air disasters. Banks went down a ton. Semiconductors went down. So all that's not good. Uh, that, that just took out some people who were betting on this uh, V-shaped recovery. And that wave two of the virus 
is uh, definitely putting a damper on that kind of a hope. Uh, next item is the dumb money trade. Now, what happened here? Somebody was on CNBC today explaining why this happens. Uh, when a company is about to be bankrupt, there's a hedge fund maneuver, which I think is called uh, equity arbitrage. So in other words, hedge funds will buy up a bunch of shares that are going to zero, and then that gives them a bigger say in the negotiations about what to do with the debt, which they also have. So they kind of use the shareholder rights to uh, try to get the debt holders a better deal. I think that's how it works. But in any event, a lot of hedge funds end up long stocks that like were trading for 72 cents, like uh, Hertz was. So in come the dumb money. All the guys who used to bet on the ponies and the, the baseball games and the basketball games, and now they're betting on stocks. And there's a guy out there who actually CNBC sort of created this guy, and he turns into a monster, but it's kind of funny because he's tweeting out like, you know, here's your rule of investing. Stocks always go up. This is so stupid easy. And he's investing like $100 million, and he's just he doesn't know what he's doing. He just started trading. So he's buying up a bunch of cheap stocks, and he's got a big Twitter following now. And so a lot of people are following his lead, and they're buying stocks that are under a buck, and, you know, things going up to seven, eight bucks, and they're like, great. Well, they all came crashing down today. Uh, But the reason uh, that they did is because some of these hedge funds take the position that they're going to be short the stock, And so you had a lot of short squeezing going on there. And short squeeze is when you sell a stock that you don't own. And the way you do that is you borrow it and then sell it. Well, if it starts to run up unexpectedly, you got to cover that. Because theoretically, stocks can go up to infinity. And you can't afford to have that exposure. So, you know, that's why a short squeeze drives up. That's where all the volume came on those stocks. Because just because a bunch of dumb money day traders buy stocks, that's not enough volume to move them. But the hedge funds got to go out and buy a ton of them to cover their shorts. So, so that's what that's why they went up so big. So there were stocks like Top Shift, Whiting Petroleum, Hertz, Chesapeake, anything that's going to zero through bankruptcy. They all had that same phenomenon, and I think today was the day it washed out. Excuse me, but for a while there, you could have, you know, sold some calls against it and made a lot of money. Or potentially bought some puts or sold them short. So there's all sorts of maneuvers you can do. All right, so. (coughs) Sorry about the cough. Last item Nikola Tesla. Those of you who are uh, watch the Scientific American channel or the History Channel may know Nikola Tesla was a guy who was a genius who played around a lot with electricity and uh, is sort of a legendary figure. He's a Serbian, by the way. So Tesla, the car company, is named after him because it has to do with, obviously, electricity. So now there's this company called Nikola, 
symbol N, November, K, Kilo, L, Lima, A, Alpha. Now, you never heard of this com company, and neither did I until a few days ago. But this company is now worth just about as much as Ford and GM. And they're in the business of making trucks which run either on electricity or on hydrogen fuel cells. And you know how many trucks they've made? None. And yet they're worth as much as Ford and GM, just about. Or at least they were yesterday. Now that is what in the software business is called vaporware. You know, Tesla at least makes a lot of cars and sells them and services them. Not that they need a lot of service, because they have no moving parts to speak of other than the wheels go around and the steering wheel. So this is an example of, you know, the craziness that goes on in the market. Now, what you should do with a company like NKLA? I don't know. You know, the company is built on vapor, and uh, who knows? I mean, today, I imagine it took a dive. I actually didn't look at it. But, uh, I mean, this is crazy town. Now, maybe they're going to be able to sell these trucks. Who knows? But, I mean, I could go out and say, hey, you know, I'm going to go sell some trucks, and they're going to run on hydrogen, or they're going to run on water vapor. Uh, you know, and if anybody believes me, then I suppose I could be worth whatever 20-some billion dollars. But, um, okay, so the company went down uh, by 7%, which is just about what the market went down. You know, I mean, this is insane, in my opinion. And again, you know, often wrong and always in doubt, that's my model. It'll sound better in Latin. But, you know, the company's worth $22 billion today. And uh, the 52-week range is between 10 and 93. It's actually been worth more, evidently. So, I mean, to me, this is crazy town. But, uh, I mean, I'd like to see them make at least one truck before I plop down $93 a share. But uh, that's the market for you. So is it the Emperor's New Clothes, or is it going to replace Freightliner? I don't know. I have no idea. And I have no recommendation on that, but uh, I just, it's a tale, you know, people ask me, well, Terry, how come, what makes you think you know more than the professionals about investing? And my retort to that is, I got news for you, nobody knows nothing. And whoever's investing in that either knows a lot more than I do, or they don't know what they're doing. Um, and time will tell. So... Um, these are tales of trading that, you know, I've been doing this now for about 11 years, on and off, and it never ceases to amaze me, the irrationality of the market. I mean, the markets trade on emotion, and, you know, Tesla was over $1,000 a share yesterday, and today it dropped back to almost, I think, at 900 or something like that, but... I mean, even Elon Musk, who's not prone to understatement, said that he thought the stock was too high when it was in the 700 handle. So, you know, 
anybody who thinks that this is a precision science has not spent much time studying the market or much less trade in it, you know, because it can be the boulevard of broken dreams. And what we try to do at Ventures Next is uh, plant some seeds that grow into trees, and if they don't grow to the sky, at least they get to a reasonable height. And then we take our money and we run <laughs> before something bad happens. So uh, those of you who want to go on that journey are welcome to contact me at 708-334-8414. That's 708 708- Three three four eight four one four, and we can talk about it. Uh, we are in the process, and legal wheels move slowly, but we're in the process of putting together the uh, legal framework for our ventures next biotech alpha fund, and uh, we do have one investor that's made a verbal commitment, and we're happy to welcome him aboard. And we're looking for more, so we can do more things and get more research and make the investments that will make us make our guesses all the more educated so if you want to go on that journey with us uh, don't bet anything you can't afford to lose but uh, you know if you want to play some bets uh, we're we're open for business and you don't have to worry about getting the virus so uh, a little long today but much to say and uh, we will be saying even more tomorrow So stay tuned and uh, live long and prosper. Bye-bye.